Hello, everybody. This is Keith Musicman Hanwick with the Final on Vinyl podcast, and today we're with Steve Wallach, and he put out an album called Colors uh, last month that I had the pleasure of covering. How are you doing, Stephen? Great. Thanks for having me. I called you Steve. Do you mind being called Steve or Stephen? Either or. doesn't matter. Okay. So I really enjoyed your album. And for me, it was more than just listening. It usually is. And and, and in your case, it was much more special because of this young person named Marlon that's in your life and how this whole album came about. And I'm sure that the audience would love to hear more about your process and this very special person in your life. Um, yeah, well, we can uh, we can start with uh, with Marlon, who's my nephew. Um, he's uh, as some people know, he was born with um, a severe brain injury, so he hasn't been able to ever really speak or or move or kind of be independent. He's now um, 22 years old and just such an inspiration and a you know, ray of light for not only his immediate family, but, you know, there's 21 grandchildren on my uh, <laughs> my side of our family. There's six kids, 21 grandkids, and um, he just is, you know, I can't say enough about his his love and warmth and how he connects everybody. And, and even more special is his relationship with my sister, his mom, and uh, and her sacrifices that she's made to to be there for him through these last 22 years and make sure that he's always incorporated in the family. And so when you, when you see something that special and you see a love that's that amazing and that strong and that unique, if you're not impacted by it, I like to tell people something's wrong with that. <laughs> right. Right. So interesting enough as well is the artwork on the cover of your album was created by him using his fingers, is that right? Yep. Yeah, so um, as a form of therapy, he and my sister started doing this painting. Um, about, God, it must have been about at least 10 years ago. And so they sit together for hours and just move their hands, and um, my sister helps him guide and kind of, you know, and get the paint on his hands and move it. He's just... It's such a, it's one of those moments for them where kind of the world stops around them, and there's and he's just very at peace and very at ease. And so when I did this album, um, and we're, was trying to think of you know different ways to express uh, my art through through the cover art, um, I was talking with my sister, and I'd always kind of wanted her to do an album cover at some point. And we finally started having the conversation, and then yeah, she and um, Marlon sat and did a painting, and um, you know we photographed it, and it's just I'm so blessed to be able to have that on the uh, on this album and be able to share that with everybody because it's such a talent and such a unique way to kind of connect with somebody who can't really connect in a lot of ways with you. Right. And, uh, you know, between your music and the story and the artwork, it sure connected with me very easily. And it's quite obvious you can see that it's a piano. It's not, like, indistinguishable. It's it's right out front there. And I like the color that he used uh, to create that. You can see the keys and the 
the black part of the keys, and I just really love it. So, yeah, it's amazing that so that piano, the story behind that piano, that piano is is on all of the covers of all four of my albums, and it's oh. the original piano that I learned how to play piano on when I was very little, and so. Uh, you can't really plan it anymore. The piano is, is kind of destroyed after, you know, 40-something years of, of use. But um, I keep it in my garage, and I use it um, now as a kind of the centerpiece of all of my album artwork. Interesting. So what do you play now to create your music? Um, so now I play on a Kauai Baby Grand. Um, uh, I have in my okay. um, which I love kawaii pianos. It's a very, my piano, as you probably are obviously familiar with, it's a very kind of like cinematic, kind of engaging, a little bit faster tempoed um, piano style. And so the kawaii has such a bright song. You know, just, I kind of put a kawaii between, somewhere between like a Steinway and a Yamaha, as far as, you know, the brightness and the sound quality that comes out. Um, Yamaha being more kind of really rock and roll and really high tinny. And then, you know, the Steinways being a little softer and more subdued and elegant, you know, geared towards classical piano. The Kauai just kind of sits in a nice pocket for me sound-wise. So I really love um, writing on that piano. It's funny enough, I record on a Steinway, but I, but I write everything on a Kauai. Oh, okay. So it's, Two pieces of the puzzle. Yes, it's and that's the interesting kind of shift. Every time I go into the studio, I have to shift the, a little bit of the way I play. Not only because you're in a studio, and obviously it's a very dead sound versus when you're playing in a living room and there's just you know live acoustics like that. But the the way that uh, Steinways play um, versus the way the Kauai plays always takes me a little bit of. <laughs> Finessing to kind of get my timing and everything back into the pocket for each uh, for each song. So you know, I'm always interested to know how you come up with track names, particularly with instrumental music like yours. Do you create the composition, play it, and say, "Oh, that sounds like Midnight," and "Oh, that sounds like Dreams"? Is, you know, what was your process with that? Um. For some of them, it's like that. Some of them, the songs just kind of come um, depending on, you know, what's going on in my life or where, you know, the moment that's being impacted. But um, sometimes it's about a specific thing. You know, for for instance, on the album, there's a, uh, there's a song called Josh, which is a, about a friend of mine who um, who unfortunately committed suicide a year ago. And so when I have um, subjects or things like that that I want to kind of write about, um, mm-hmm. then it's, then the topic is really kind of pushing, um, and the title's already basically chosen, and then the story is just kind of is really formulated around that individual or that topic, that that, that word, if you will. Okay. But, but yeah, there's from this album. There's kind of there's two two sides to those. Yeah, both both directions. So the topic and then the title comes first, then you build that around that. Yes. Yep. 
yeah, for those, for those, for about half the pieces, I think on this album it was like that, and then half the pieces, the music came first, and then, um, it was kind of coming back, like you said, trying to figure out what, what word or words. A lot of my songs, as you know, are kind of single word songs. Um, right. Kind of, kind of captures captures the feeling or the emotion that I'm trying to you know, articulate through the piano. Yeah, I like the simplicity of the piano and the titles. And, you know, when you think about the title while you're listening to the music, you find that recognition. It, it comes to life. And the ability for an artist to do that, I think, is it's a God-given talent to be able to do that, you know? Um, well, yeah, well, thank you. It's um, It's a really... It's a very important part of my of my life, so it's I'm very blessed to be able to be able to have a, an outlet of expression like that is um is really uh, it's 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 a blessing on a lot of levels. So you started when you were a young boy playing piano and. Yep. Yep. I took um I took lessons when I was very little. When I was about. God, I think maybe six or seven years old. Um, but I hated doing recitals. <laughs> so every time my piano teacher would try to get me to do a recital, um, I would cry and try and get my parents to not take me and make me play in front of other people. <laughs> so um, it was for somebody who wanted to be a performer his whole life. My early childhood would not have reflected that exact uh, that exact thing. So, so do you um, play live that much? Do you, are you out there that much playing live, or not because of the pandemic and all that? Yeah, with the pandemic, we haven't done too many live shows. You know, I grew up in high school and then in college, I played in a lot of bands and um, and groups like that. I did a lot of performances all over the place, but. Um, but I don't. I haven't performed too much uh, with the pandemic here. Every time, it's funny. I was gonna about to do a holiday show here in Minnesota uh, this month, and then this, you know, Omicron <laughs> variant came in, and everybody started saying, "Well, no, maybe we're not doing live shows." And so, every time I think I'm getting close to being able to do one, something something seems to pop up. So it's been a little bit of a challenge, but. Um, being able to record and release is still, you know, is still good. That's your main source of, of income, or do you do something else during the day? A lot of indie artists who work that way. Um, yeah, no, I, I have a, a different business that I do during the day. Yeah, I have, um, funny enough, I have a tire company where we sell right? commercial, yeah, commercial truck tires all over the United States. Wow. So it's, uh, everybody a always finds it funny that <laughs> the tire guy is writing piano songs. So I, <laughs> you wouldn't think those two would marry too well together, but I guess they do. Hey, whatever works, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Whatever pays the bills, I guess, right? So what kind of music were you into uh, back in the day when you were in all those bands? Um. Oh, the... Uh, God, what was... I was, I was into... I've been pretty much into everything you can imagine. Um, I, you know, everything from early, you know, Tom Petty, Depeche Mode, you know, Psychedelic Furs, to, uh, you know, I mean, 
jazz, contemporary. I mean, I I really got started in piano with um, when I heard uh, George Winston's <clears throat> album December uh, when I was 12 years old. My friend brought it over to me because I'd always tinkered around on the piano. Even though I wasn't taking lessons, I could always kind of hear hear things and play them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my uh, my friend brought over. He had heard his. George Vincent's December in his dad's car. And he kind of came over with this little cassette tape. He's like, you know, I just heard this in my dad's car, and I think you could play it. I think you might like it. And that was the real pivotal moment for me. When I heard that album, there was like a switch that went off in my head. And I just, I had such a connection to his music and his style. And um, that after I, after I heard that, I literally sat down at that little orange piano that is on all those covers with a little Sony boombox. And I put that cassette tape in, and I would just sit there and go, play, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, and I would figure out all of his songs. Well, that's interesting because he's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorite albums, actually. And um, a few years back, I saw him live, too, which was great. So I could see why you were so inspired by him, you know? Yeah, he's amazing. There was just something that I – it was just his sound. I'd never heard something like that. And I never really connected with music in that way. Um, as when I heard his music and just his, and trying to figure out all the intricacies of his of his playing, specifically on his right hand, and just the uh, you know the delicate nature. But just, you know, this, he had, he has such a he has such an energy and a speed to which he plays, and almost just like an effortlessness that it was just you know it was amazing. It was an amazing moment for me. It's interesting when you stop and think about that, that how can people get so many different sounds out of one instrument, right? And trying to figure, oh, figure yeah. that out must be even harder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I didn't even understand that a lot of times when he was doing, you know, how he mutes the string, which is kind of his, his signature move, and then he plays the piano and creates almost like a guitar picking sound with the, with oh. the piano and um, I thought when I heard that I couldn't figure out when I was li- when I was young what he was doing. It was driving me crazy because I had an upright piano and the strings are not obviously exposed. It's in the case, and I couldn't figure out for the life of me how how he was getting some of these sounds out of the piano. And then finally, as like you said, I went and I I saw him play, and I saw a uh, and then I saw a video of him playing. And I saw that he oh he reaches into the piano and he actually breaks the strings with his hand and then he is hitting the keys with the sustain pedal and allowing them to kind of resonate and is creating that kind of guitar sound within the piano and I thought oh my god wow I never knew that so did you actually do that Um, yeah so I do that on some of my songs Um, and and. and a mimic kind of his his style at the uh, at the end of well there's a song on my first album called Archer and at the end of the song on that song um, I do the same thing that same style of uh, of muting the strings and then playing uh, with the sustain pedal to kind of create that 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 guitar beat so that you you actually break the strings and you have to get them replaced. Oh no! I, I shouldn't say break them. I should. I said when I say break it, that's kind of like a guitar reference where you kind of you you put your hand on top of the strings and you kind of break the. Sound. Oh, you mute it, right? Okay, yeah, you it. mute it. Yeah, I can mute it. Yeah, so 
Yeah, no. <laughs> I should probably try and break the strings and do uh, <laughs> make it, make my shows really lively. Tear the strings up, light the piano on fire. Maybe more people would come see. <laughs> I could see somebody like like Jerry Lee Lewis back in the day lighting his piano on fire, you know. But I don't. I, just, I don't think yeah, he ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> he just in there starts cutting all the strings every well, now you're really working against yourself. <laughs> um can you um I can I just put you on hold for one second, Keith, I'm so sorry. My my wife is trying to call me. It's about a snowstorm and my kids or something. And she's called me several times. I hate to interrupt this. Okay, go ahead. I'm <laughs> very, very sorry. She's saying it's an emergency. One sec. Sorry, folks, I don't have music to play during this. This is uh, the first time this ever happened to me on a podcast, but um, he has an emergency, so stand by and we'll continue the interview, hopefully. Okay, unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's going to be coming back, so we'll have Hi, to... Hi, sorry about oh, that. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. That, Apologize to the okay? listeners. Um, yes, okay. my mother-in-law had a little episode that we're just taking care of, so sorry about that. Okay. I was just ready to, to, to cut it because I don't want to have all that dead space, but anyway, uh, sorry that happened. So um, yeah, what I was, what I was going to ask you was uh, going forward... Um, and then we can wrap this up. Uh, just wanted to know what you were thinking about doing uh, the coming year. Were you planning on releasing a new album or touring or, you know, what, what are your plans? Um, ideally, I would love to tour. I'm talking to a few different groups about trying to help me arrange uh, that to do, um, you know, a several city kind of tour through uh, the U.S. next year. And then I've also got a, another, um, yeah, another album that's almost basically um, done. That's going to be released probably later in the in later in the year next year. Oh, great! Well, it's been yeah, a so pleasure be talking cool. to you today, and uh, look forward to more music in the future. And I hope the current album colors does very well for you. Um, thank you very much again. Sorry for the <laughs> off the call and back on, but um, I appreciate you and I appreciate your um, encouragement and support. And, uh, it, uh, it means a lot, especially in, in, in an industry where it's, it's not easy to get a, a lot of attention. So thank you. Well, thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, you added a human touch to this podcast, you know, that's life. Things happen like that. Right. So what can you do? You just have to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's four kids and, uh, and, uh, and older parents and these things do happen, but everything will be okay. So we're uh, we're uh, we're all good. All right, Steve. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. I appreciate you, Keith. All right. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye.